Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Welcome to meeting three of the Hot Young Book Club. We're continuing our discussion of The Big Leap by Gay Hendrick. And spoiler alert, if you haven't already listened in to the first two meetings, it's a good idea to head on back to catch up. During today's meeting, we're reviewing our thoughts from chapters five and six. And we're happy to welcome back our friend Claire Jones from Etch and Ivy Design. Hi, Claire. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Sean. Hi. For those of you uh, reading along with us, we will be back in two weeks to talk about the final chapter, our closing thoughts, and some of our action items. Let's jump in. Let's do it. I will admittedly say that chapter five was probably one of the most like cementing chapters for me after having a hard time with chapter four in the last meeting of the book club. I felt like I needed chapter I needed chapter five to follow really shortly thereafter. I probably shouldn't have waited in between reading chapter four and five. So that was like a good moment. Like, oh, chapter four and five should probably stick together. Like with the ultimate success success mantra? Oh, gosh. I mean, I did read it. Did you guys? Okay, I actually did like sat, whispered it, read it, had it in my head. Like, I really want to make these things happen. And I'm willing to try anything. Like I'm not sitting on a train talking out loud to myself, but. Wait, let me ask you guys something. Before this book, have you got, are you people who have like personal man, wait. And I always say like mantra, 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 mantra. Mantra. So are you guys people who have like had personal mantras before? Like, is this something you've experimented with before? Rebecca, I feel like you're the kind of person who has. (laughs) I have. Like you look at yourself in the mirror every morning and you're like, I am strong. No. No. Well, no, not like Gosh, that. Darn but, it. People like you. Yeah, I'm not Stuart Smalley, <laughs> but I have, um, yeah, I've done a lot of meditation practices and incorporated them there, but also I used it during childbirth and totally like was my thing like I that's like my childbirth um I what was it I was talking to Cecily and me even though I didn't know that I was having a girl or anything um I was saying we are strong like I was Mm -hmm. telling both of us that we could do it um I think it was we are strong we I wrote it down this is the problem with mantras as I always forget them, but <laughs> I really was focusing on her and I connecting and okay. that we were strong enough to finish. Mm-hmm. And I used to do it when I used to like work out a lot and like weight lift. I would tell myself like, you are strong enough to do this and it helps. Mm. Okay. There's like a mind body connection with it for me that, cause if you tell yourself you can't do it, then you, like, you know what the opposite feels like, right? Like, yeah. I can't do this. And then you're yeah. just like instantly giving up. Like, this is too scary. I'm not doing this. Or that, I'm and not going to like this. if you say, I can't do this, yeah. like, you're not going to do it. Right. Like, you've already decided, basically. So it's kind of like deciding you're going to do it, which 
that's the way I look at it. But I mean, I, I believe in it. I'm an expert on it. Like, just because I haven't had one doesn't mean I don't believe in it. It's just, I don't, I've never made any, forgive the wordplay, like any leaps into using them or employing them. But I, I do believe in that, like, in the same idea of like putting things into the universe and like vocalizing the things that you want to have happen. And I feel like that kind of does play on the same mentality. Yeah. And I also used it. I, last year, I really want to get back into doing this, but there's a book called The Miracle Morning. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. He has a ton of like versions, but it's all about, he has this practice that he takes you through that you wake up and do all these like five different things. But part of the book is like coaching you to wake up early if you're not a morning person. And one of his things is an affirmation that you say out loud the night before and you write it yourself. Like he has scripts, but I won't read the whole thing, but it's like, I am waking up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. because by doing so, I significantly increase the likelihood that I will achieve my goals this week, blah, blah, blah. And so it's interesting because you're like programming your brain to say, I can do this because of the reason why I want to, instead of like, uh, I'm not a morning person. I don't want to. Yeah. So I would say that to myself out loud the night before and I would do, I did it for a few months and I am not a morning person. See, that's interesting. It's like the saying it out loud part feels a little hinky to me. Like I just, <laughs> I did it. I literally, I said, I expand in abundant success and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. I did it when I was reading the book. I like followed his prompts, but yes. I don't know. I mean, I've never been, um, I've never had a mantra. I've never even done meditation. I don't know. I've been wanting to try it and I just haven't made the effort. Um, but something about saying it out loud just feels weird to me. I don't know. It's embarrassing. But I've, it's, I don't know if it's embarrassing. Yeah. But like, I think like <laughs> even the, the sentence you said about 5 a.m., I think even just like setting that intention in your head, I don't know. I mean, but maybe that's what's holding me back is I'm not saying this shit out loud. I don't know. I don't think it's holding you back, but I just think it's another tick towards doing it because you're... When you say it, you're, you're like making more out. of a mind-body connection because your mouth has to say something your brain's doing, thinking. It's not so, just an idea anymore. And you're finishing the whole thought where sometimes I think we think something, but then like your brain just moves so quickly that it's not like tracking it completely. Mm-hmm. I, and, it's, I, and I think, Stu, I honestly think that Stuart Smalley skit, like, ruined affirmations you know like (laughs) it made a joke of it i feel like we'll link that in the show notes because i um don't know if everybody is going to know the reference to it but essentially yeah it's like a self-help affirmation skit from snl and it's 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 funny it's just yeah it it does make you think like oh, I don't need this. Like, I'm better than this. I don't need an affirmation to tell me that I can do this. Um, But I did like what he said about the ultimate success mantra, that it's the antidote to years of conditioning, the ancient programming that convinced our unconscious minds that we don't deserve full success. 
or that and that kind of goes back to when he said in previous chapters of like we've been conditioned to believe that we have to like struggle and we can't enjoy positivity all the time that it always has to be brought back by strife and negativity and hardship and i don't yeah i don't really believe that that's the like the grand purpose of life is to always have to struggle in order to appreciate the good stuff i agree I agree. That I underline that part also. That can't uh, be the universe's plan for us. <laughs> and maybe that's something I need to like to get myself more comfortable with mantras is like we hear shit all the time from the media or from friends and family that it's not that's not helpful to our success. And so maybe it's like this is the one place where you're telling yourself the positive things you need to hear if you're not totally. getting it anywhere else and i think we probably tell ourselves out loud like i'm trying to think in little ways we probably have things we vocalize that are like idiot like you know <laughs> that you're talking to yourself about yeah. yourself and you're saying it out loud that's your so back talk yeah i mean there's like the bitch <laughs> in your head which she's always mm -hmm. there but then i think there's probably things we say out loud so, I mean, we can talk about more in the next chapter. I definitely know that I'm majorly guilty of things in chapter six, but um, yeah, like I'm going to be more aware of like the things that I say that are negative out loud. And mm -hmm. then that's like the antidote, like you're saying, like the, it sounds cheesy or whatever, but like to force yourself to say the positive things and accept that too. At least if it neutralizes I, it. I feel like we're, we are really pushed to be like, to be like polite and humble means we also end up being like self-critical mm -hmm. or, or um, God, the word just left my head. You know, when you like talk down about yourself, what do you deprecating? Self-deprecating. Like, thank you. <laughs> It's, that's almost like how we're taught to be humble and like, uh -huh. don't take things for granted and be grateful. And remember other people aren't as fortunate or haven't had the opportunities you have. So part of it is like, we tell ourselves that, but it's like, well, damn, we work hard for the stuff that comes too. And we, we've had to go through various struggles, hardships, setbacks, strife. We all have our different like self-esteem and ego demons to deal with in our lives. And so I shouldn't have to self-criticize and be hard on myself just to enjoy. Yeah. Something. And that's like something recently I'm struggling with this like privilege shaming is like kind of what I think of it as like we keep kind of having to downplay things that we are excited about because there's so much bad going on in the world and people that need help. And both of the things can be true. So it's like finding the balance of, yes, fighting for rights and advocating for those that need it, but also being okay with the things that we've worked for and like they can exist in the same world. Celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. Without well, being like ignorant of it all. And well, mm -hmm. even in the times of Corona, and I think we've touched on this in past episodes, like our industry is doing really well. Mm -hmm. And so to be like, wow, like this is a time for growth for all of us. And then to contrast it to the hundreds of thousands of people who have lost their jobs, you know? Right. 
Yeah, it's acknowledging and like doing things to support and help, but also, I don't know, not feeling guilt and shame around things that we're working towards. Yeah, it just seems like that mindset is especially for people who are like socially aware, privileged people, because mm -hmm. I mean, disadvantaged people, when they achieve something, they don't, you know, they don't, I don't think that's in their mind, do you? Uh, no. Like what, apologizing for it? Not apologizing, just saying like, True. there are people worse off or, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just like, I, I, I did like stop to reflect when he said that like the idea is to replace this habit by being open-hearted and self-accepting and like being gentle with ourselves because we every I mean I don't walk around being like stupid move bro like I <laughs> I mean it's not very often but like <laughs> I'm like I do have those moments where I'm doing something I'm like oh my god how did I miss that like yeah. I make mistakes on a client project or do that and I'm like okay I can't I can't stop on this. Like I have to, what's the solution? What's next? Like if I wallow in the mistake that I made a mistake, it's like, I'm a human being. So I feel like that's part of the being for being gentle with ourselves and being able to stop living in this picture where we don't deserve to feel better about something or to come back from it. Like the solution can be just as valuable to celebrate that we were able to get past that criticism or get past the mistake that we made and not, not let that, not let the mistake outshine the things that we do to resolve from them. And I almost think it's a tone that he's actually setting through the whole book that it's like a tone for your life. And it's like positive centered, uh, not self critiquing, mm -hmm. uh, even and even touching into the time things, you know, setting a pace of your life that works for you. Um, and so I don't know where I was fucking It's going. really like, I mean, I think it's <laughs> including yourself in this list of people that you're advocating for and respecting and protecting. Like we can't care about everyone else in the world and in our house and then like treat ourselves like shit. Right. Which I think happens and like, I won't get into this right now either, but the persona part is that really clicked with me of that's kind of my self-talk. I think more is like framing myself in a certain persona. Uh-huh. And um, what? I have notes on that too. I know. I, well, hold on. <laughs> I have one more thing to say about this chapter. I know. So do you like the enlightened no? Well, you know I do. I my boundaries. I do in theory, uh, and I've been working on saying no more. Uh, but I like how he references, like, no, it it doesn't fit in the sweet spot of my zone of genius. Like, yeah, you're not I agree. That to a client, or no, and you're not selling a book about a zone of genius. So <laughs> for him, like, everyone's applauding him, but that's his whole business structure right. so of like to course. say to say like oh i'm sorry i don't want to jump on this like 
one day, two hour meeting with your company because I'm writing a whole book about it and I'm going to go on a big book tour and a speaking. It's like and dropping like zone of genius as terminology. Like I would never say that to a oh, lead. I know or you wouldn't believe down. you wouldn't believe the conversation that started over here. It's like, oh, but stop with the smoke blowing. Like, get out of here. Like he's living and he's walking the walk. I mean, but he he also turned down fifty thousand dollars. Like yes, 15 yes. years ago. Uh, I will say that that was something that if if we really were to relate it to like the way things work currently, where we talk about authenticity, I feel like being in your zone of genius means, or to me, I like took from that, I'm like, oh, like if a brand or a partner or someone wanted to work with me in my business, I would want it to be something that felt like it aligned with not just my brand, but also with how I want to work and what I want to do. Um, and like what kind of people why, you want to work with. Yeah. Like, that's why I, I mean, not like I've been invited to be on television, but you guys like literally all of the stuff that people write about television and say about it and share about their experiences being on HGTV or whatever, all of it sounds awful to me. Oh, it sounds Like terrible. the idea of like having a rushed schedule. I, Y'all know I don't like being rushed, one. But then also having to like work endless hours, not my favorite thing. Uh -huh. um, having to like, having to be beholden to production and not being able to have like a free expression of my ideas for the sake of like telling a story on television. Honestly, I just feel like to me, that makes me feel like, I'm not being myself. And I think that that's where you see a lot of personalities and people who've been on TV. It's like you saw a portion of themselves or like a version of themselves, but it's not really like their whole picture. And nobody necessarily like in design is running their business the way that like television sort of made it look. Well, right. Like it has to fit. In. So what I think like kind of what he's saying and how I feel like it could apply. So in that case, like it's how does being on a TV show align with your business strategy? Like it wouldn't align with yours, Sean, for sure. Right. Align, maybe, but not right yeah. now. Um, Bro, you're too rebellious to have a producer no, telling yeah, you I what mean, time to show to up. <laughs> I'm just saying like from a strategic standpoint, like maybe if my yeah. strategy was to do more like math stuff, you know, not like just springboard into something else. And... Um, but like from him, so he's saying this doesn't align with my zone of genius. My zone of genius is blah, blah, blah. But for us, we could translate that to being really clear with what our strategy is for our business and yeah. weaving that into a no, like, Actually, right now, my goal is to focus on three full build, new build projects right now. And this project, unfortunately, doesn't fit within that. And I owe it to myself and my existing clients to stay on track. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I see... Without I saying see, zone of genius. Yeah. I mean, I see designers, uh, as, they're, as they move through their careers, start with saying, I you know, my, my minimum, I have a minimum fee of this and my minimum spend is this to moving up to saying, I only take on whole house projects where I'm doing the renovating right. and the furnishing. Like, um, I definitely see how that your zone of genius kind of gets shaped the, the more successful you get and the, the more able you are to say 
no to the things that don't fit into it. Yeah, the zone of genius yeah. could be a definition of your business strategy. Like his is was during that time to finish writing this book. So if your zone of genius is to complete full home remodels and I only take three a year, that's your zone of genius and your business strategy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they, I can and see where they weave world, together. They, instead of just saying, it's not a good fit yeah. or... <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, not, I'm only taking on this type of a project. And there may be someone who is like, well, I really want to work with you. So if it means adding on two more rooms to the project, or if it means or increasing our spend, or waiting, or... If you're I, honoring and respecting them to like either level up or understand what you want and also possibly be a referral source for you. In, in an alignment to that, it's not necessarily that it's my zone of genius of what happened, but I recently, somebody wanted, essentially there was someone who's doing a remodel project. In their head, they think it's a lot less complicated than it really is, but they've also never remodeled before. So I was like, okay, well, we're, we're at an impasse because what you're saying and what you want to accomplish doesn't match up with what you think you need my services for. And I've recently started dividing my services into value-based pricing models where I just don't offer the, the full service way as most people, but I look at it as like custom design where there's construction, there's remodeling. There, we're not just like, doing cosmetic refacing or like we're tearing walls down and putting walls up falls into my like highest priced, most valuable tier. And they felt like they should be paying like a lot less. And they were like, we just don't really see how that fits in with the pricing strategy that you sent to us and that you talked about. And I'm like, that's because what you want to accomplish doesn't fit into the way that I operate my business. Like, I'm not a designer on call. I'm not, right. I don't, I don't, I don't work on projects where I'm not involved throughout. Like if you want me to come up with a strategy for you, package it like design only as some people will call it and then hand it off and I'm done. I, I can do that or I'm like with you through all of it. There is no like, can we buy so many appointments in between? And I'm like, that won't really work because in my experience, you're always going to have phone calls or your contractor's gonna wanna call me to ask a question about something. And the whole point of this service is that I'm not planning out my schedule to be available to you unless you've already paid me for that availability and like reserving me and retaining me for that. And I kind of sent them back. Like, I think they were hoping that I would be like, yeah, sure, let's add something in. But I just, I don't want to do it unless I'm involved from start to finish. Like, that's a project where if we're going to remodel three, four rooms of a house, I, I don't want to do it halfway. And sure, there's money involved in that. And then when he wrote that it's not about the cash value of the thing that you're saying no to, it's about strengthening your commitment to your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. For me, it's, my zone of genius isn't necessarily remodeling projects but it's the it, it's involving the process of being involved in those and problem solving coming up with unique solutions seeing how i can help homeowners i can't do all of that if if i'm just passing stuff off and then coming back in for a random troubleshooting phone call or well your zone of genius is to be a full 
partner. Yes. So like an immersed partner, not like even if it's for only one phase of the project, you're fully immersed in that phase. Not yeah. like I'm, popping in and out. I'm at my best. Yeah, I'm at my best when I'm like exploring ideas, creating strategies, solving problems and helping someone but it also involves getting them to where they need to be. Like I, I'm frustrated when I see like a half-assed solution when I'm like, damn it. Like if I had been involved, they would have avoided that. Um, yeah. So I like, I like the mantra. I like what he says in it. I like that it involves inspiring those around me to do the same. So it's not like, only self self-serving and like that's why like I feel like this podcast that we're doing Sean is feels really good to us because I think it fits into our zone of genius in that aspect because Mm -hmm. we are talking about things that really are meaningful to us but we'd like to inspire others so yeah whether it's just like our I think our goal isn't to be the ones with the answers, but it's like, we like to practice exploration. Right. And this is a way we can do it together and share and inspire others. Or, and like just discovering the pathways is part of the, the part that if you're working on your own and you're running a business on your own or with a very little guidance, you need someone to help you break through these ideas and like be a thought partner and Mm so i'm hoping to that this the book club but also the podcast in general is a way for for other designers and other creatives to encourage that discovery process that they may not do if they were just on their own because it is a process like running a business is a process it's a living entity it's not like a set it and forget it like I mean, I wish it was sometimes, but yeah, it's always evolving and always changing. And I think you mentioned last pod, um, Rebecca, that you're someone who's an always, always be improving. Is that how you said it? Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of have to be with a small business. Like you're not just going to get, get your proposal perfect and it's going to stay perfect for five years and work for your business for five years, right. you know, um, or even just client processes. Uh, in terms of new apps that are out there or you learned from a you know one client experience and now you're going to change your process because of it like I just think we always have to be open especially our business is so process oriented mm-hmm. and there's so many different um, kinds of projects and not every product not one not any two projects are the same and so we do have to constantly be thinking how can we improve how can we make this more efficient or streamline, you know. And we're creative. And like, I think that's also part of it is like, we want to keep infusing creative energy into it and make it feel interesting to us as creative people. Like we want to feel like we're, like I, the creating of the business is just as fun to me as creating the finished project. I, I mean, can see that the way you do your business. You guys are both very, you guys both inspire me in that. Even since um, we've all started being um, friends and have our little Marco Polos and listening to the po- your guys' podcast, I mean, I've leveled up my business on multiple things 
just from being inspired by you guys. Uh, I appreciate your email. I appreciate your email domain update. (laughs) Yes. And your branding. Like you were like, hold on, I need to to do better. The email thing was so embarrassing. And it's because like when I started my business, it was more of a hobby. I, I treated it more like a hobby. Right. And it was a side uh, gig for you guys. For a while. So yeah. what we're talking about, it was etchenivy at gmail.com. <laughs> and so I never, I just kind of got that Gmail address. And then just kind of when I, when I started making money and, and was doing it full time, I never thought, fuck, I need to go back and change that until I heard it from you guys. I'm like, what am I doing? How? And then I heard from after I changed mine, people are like, oh, you won't get into material bank if you have a Gmail account. Uh-huh. Uh, tra- it's like one of the professional qualifiers. Of the like, trade companies don't right. take you as seriously, like all of these things. And I was like, oh, duh. It, it just raises the profile well, to be like, like I've got my AOL shit together. <laughs> well, I do have still have a personal AOL. AOL account, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you do? Oh my God, that's amazing. We don't, we're not AOL shaming here. If that's where she has it, that's where it is. I mean, I've had the email address for 23 years. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, that- no, no shame. I mean, we all have our things that we get yes. like fatigued but, about. or And that's yeah, and, just like one of my also, personal pet peeves. It's kind of for some things for me in the business are they, I just kind of put them in the place where I just don't even think about them. You know, they just kind of, um go there as I you're wanna... working it's like the email is like hey the email's working i'm moving it's it's whatever it's the same I... on the back end like ultimately yeah. if you opened up a business gmail it looks the same for you yeah you know? yeah exactly um i wa- did want to talk about the inspiring people that was part of the mantra that i really did like um in the sense that and i think since you both have had similar um career paths and I witnessed Rebecca's on Instagram where you left your business that you had been at for many years and just start started your own business and you just like I from what I saw on Instagram you just like really dove headfirst into your business and it was really inspiring to me um and I think especially in the world that we're in right now there's so much negativity and so I think it is important to try to say like, I'm going to be a light to other people. And like, I am going to spread positivity and to be able to inspire people to make career changes or that you don't have to be miserable at your job, that that's not something we have to accept in life. Um, That really resonated with me. I I really liked that part of the mantra, the second half. And um, thank you for saying that. And I was, I made a choice at that time to be pretty vulnerable about what I went through because it was semi-public in Sacramento. Yeah. It was like, it was part of my identity being at that other position. And I decided to try to normalize some of like the issues that I went through, which the personal parts of it, which involved depression and anxiety and that is something that doesn't get talked about a lot and i actually think it held me back for a long time and became part of the problem as i was internalizing it and not letting it out or like 
acknowledging what was going on with me. So, um, yeah, like I don't ever want to come across as having the answers because I don't, but I do want to share my experiences because you feel so isolated when you're going through it, you know? And I don't, I want people to see there's a pathway out of whatever they're experiencing, even if they don't know what it is yet. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, it's, I'm trying to relate like that idea of like keeping it in. It's, it's still related to ego. I know we think a lot of like ego is, is like, oh, you have a big ego, but part of that was also, it also is your ego telling you, you can't share this. People won't understand it. People won't get it. People won't be able. Yeah. Your it's clients just, it's your, will think you're not able to handle their you're work. You're not capable. Like, that's what happened right. at our old company a lot. Like Right. And that's where I think it really shows itself of the ego's, the ego's job is to, control you so it it wants to keep you from doing things that will make you not need it anymore Hmm. so when you free yourself of those i don't know not burdens but some of them like burden they weigh you down when you can free yourself of them you're even less reliant on your ego because now you have a change in the way that you manage your life and your business and the way you look at your family and just like a lot of things start coming together where you need less and less of your ego trying to like control what you do all day. And to like go back to what we were talking about in the beginning, saying something out loud releases you from it. It at least starts the process of it. So when you say, I'm depressed, I've been depressed for a year and I don't know what to do you're starting the process of moving out of that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like going back to the affirmation thing, like, okay, I've acknowledged, like the first step is admitting you have a problem. Like, and saying it out loud makes a huge difference. Like you have to do that in a trusted environment, but it it starts the change that you need to make. So that's, I think the affirmation part, like if you really feel it and say it, I think that's, kind of the release okay so are you guys actually planning on saying this affirmation like I was thinking of writing it out and putting it somewhere in my office where I could see it from my desk mm-hmm. I wrote it on a I mean I'll, I can probably do better with it but I wrote it on a post-it and I kind of keep thoughts at the bottom of my dual like I have a standalone monitor that I work off of and I it always has that little lip at the bottom of the monitor and I always like put little sticky notes on it and that's that's one of them that's on there is just to like remind me of where I'm at. Like, do you have yeah. other things that you that push you forward? Um, like other I was doing other my mantras? affirmations like when I would like brush my teeth. Like it was like my nightly routine that like this was part of his, the Miracle Morning thing. Um, okay. Yeah, like he. Like one of my mantras, he calls them affirmations, but it's the same thing. So true success equals loving my family, loving my work, living my purpose, being present and grateful for every moment. Um, 
And then my trying to figure out what my life's purpose was is part of that. So my life's purpose, this is, I don't know, could be changing, but my life's purpose is to add value to the lives of others, which, which starts with achieving everything I want in my own life and never settling for less than I can be, do, or have. Ooh. Which That's I think like aligns with this. part of it. Yeah. Um, one of the but other I have them as that, a note that I would read, so because they're kind of long, so I would like yeah, read them out loud every day. But you can go through them. It's not really a mantra, but I do have a quote that has guided me through like the last, honestly, like um, it's almost like 10 years now that I come back to this quote by Buckminster Fuller, who's like a crazy creative mind. If you like, he's the one who invented the like the the geometry of the dome at like Epcot. Like, oh. a, like one of those like fantastically minded, not an architect, but not a, like, it's just one of those creative minds where almost any project can come to them and they have something to add. But he's, he said, he has a quote of his just always guides me, but it's the minute you choose to do what you really want to do, it's a different kind of life. And mm -hmm. as we're going through this book, I'm like, that's what this is about. It's it's doing what you really want to do, what's in your zone of genius and making yourself a completely different life than what people have told us or we've been taught or conditioned to believe our lives should be like. Yeah, that's true. That's good. So true. So, um, I feel now I need to share my high school yearbook quote with you too. Oh my God, please. It's a mantra I've been living by. Is it a Hanson quote? It's so bratty. No, it's mm -bop. so bratty. Diggy dap bop. Mm -bop. <laughs> I did. I did mention Hanson though. After my quote, I said, okay, "I right. either get what I want or I change my mind." <laughs> that's bratty as fuck. Yeah, that's a that's a glimpse yeah. into the mind of of Claire. Seventeen year old. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but it's also it could be if you added a little like softness to it it could be like i will go after what i want and if i i give myself permission to make changes in my life i don't know i'm oh don't try to edit her mantra no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no i like it i also think it's kind of like in terms of problem solving like if i want something done and the contractor's like that's not gonna happen i'm like let's talk through how we can make this work yeah no like i'm not just gonna take his no and be like okay let's change all my plans because cha the changing my mind part is what sounds quote bratty but it's also the part that's like okay i'm not gonna be rigid in my life i'm gonna keep like being open-minded and willing to adjust as needed i'm to sure that's my goals I I'm sure that's what my 18 year old self thought yeah but in that way isn't aren't we called to think claire like i relate to that like what you're saying in projects is like i just had i'm putting in like a you guys know like the linear drains where they're yeah. oh, like yeah. a long trough and then you can tile mm -hmm. across them so they kind of disappear and like that's the plan for this whole project to have this like penny round tile in the shower pan and the contractor's like I don't know how the tile's gonna do in there. And I'm like, it's rated for this application. I'm like, I've seen it done a bunch of times. I I know it can be done. So you just tell me what you need to do <laughs> to make well, it make it happen. Others like, to do the same. But I'm like, I know this can be done. I've seen it done. I've talked with other designers. I know that I know what this looks like. 
the yeah. tile vendor says it can be done. I know this makes the tile installer a little uncomfortable because he hasn't doesn't done it before, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. So for sure. That's like that's like something we have to do in our daily lives as creatives. It's like, well, somebody did it. Like yeah. it's been done. It's possible. And we're I mean, you look at buildings like, you know, like Frank Gehry's Disney concert hall, and you were right. like, if we can create this, you can get me some tiles in a in a drain like it's so true but just help me get there like don't you find there's like two kinds of contractors ones that operate from a place of no and then the ones that operate from a place of yes i finally found a yes one and he's like i've never done this before but let's figure out how to make it work like just that mindset shift is huge I, and and normally that I would say that in this case this was coming from the tile installer who's one of those from a no place but right. the general contractor he has said he's like I've worked with he I mean he has like some he's worked with some other like he even referred to them as like basic bitch designers in Orange County where it's like <laughs> very I mean I don't that I mean if you got if listeners you don't know what I mean by that I don't know how to fill in the cultural references around it but it's like the stuff is so basic that they never do anything new or different or interesting and so he doesn't want those projects anymore because they don't bring him they don't bring him anything and he's not pushing himself forward in working with new vendors and bringing in extra specialties and new materials and he appreciates the problem solving piece of what he does where he's like okay how do we do this how can i accomplish this and get that effect how was that built? Um, so in that space, like I'm pressing him to say, like, let's figure out how we get there. Like you call in your people, I can call people, but we can figure it out to get there. And I think that's where I get excited about projects is that's my zone of genius is like, we're well, doing yeah, something different. The creative part. New. And, like I like to tell people like, oh, this is um, instead of doing Sudoku, we're going <laughs> to expand our mind and create new brain pathways. We're going to help each other <laughs> ward off <Yeah>. dementia. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You'll be sharp into your 80s. Come on. Come on, guys. But that's, that's where in chapter, we, like, we don't have to jump there yet, but in chapter six, he used the phrase like ferment, fermenting in creativity oh, or yeah. creative yeah. ferment, where it's that idea of like, it sounded weird at first. Like it sounded a little gross. I was like, oh, ferment. Like a Sobe? <laughs> but yeah, I was going to like the kombucha grossness for a minute there. But I also was going to like the, oh, this is like, I'm I'm making fine wine with my creativity. And if if I stop it too soon, then it's just nasty grapes. Or like, <laughs> I just have to and get it's... the ideas into that moment. Let's go into chapter six. So Yes, and I, time. I, I feel like we totally all had different agree. experiences to chapter six. I like the fermenting angle too because there's energy that like is happening, like the heat of a fermentation process. Like, you know, when bread's rising the dough, like it's hot and like full mm-hmm. of like latent energy, you know? Okay. I, it is gross, but it's also like I really, I don't know, I felt, I felt that. If, if I could just put a lens on chapter six as we get starting, because I think this will help you guys fill in. Uh, I Time cop. I am, a t- I am a time cop. I recognize that. <laughs> However, I felt like I was waiting for him to like reveal 
like a how to yeah, me I the whole time I like and I wasn't way. getting it. I'm like, I hear what you're saying. I'm I'm following your philosophy. I just am not, nothing went like click while I was reading that whole chapter. I got to the end and I felt really let down of that. At that end of that chapter, I was like, yeah, but yeah. I'm not there. Like, I'm still not, okay. I, I'm not there. He really I built it up. I was, I was waiting for some action items, but the only real action item he did tell us to do is that we have, the first one is where you take the, the time diet. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably the first step, right? And that might start the domino of effect where you treat time differently. Like stop saying you're out of time. time I think the time diet is the action. Like that, yeah. I don't feel like it was as clear either. I felt that same um, feeling at the end, but then like, I started thinking about the time diet and just talking or, about time. Even maybe, just in the hour this morning, I was like, oh my God, this is definitely, maybe, I'm a victim of it. Or maybe uh -huh. it was the victim thing where uh, all the questions were, where in my life am I not taking full ownership? What am I trying to disown? What aspect of my life do I need to take full ownership of? And that when when he said the victim mentality about time that i he like nailed it i can't fucking stand that i get it a lot um i'm someone who does a lot of things and so i hear people especially with my book reading like you know how every month on my instagram i post which books i read right people um I, the reason i do that, i get a lot of engagement from it from a lot of friends and stuff and they're like oh i you know they tell me books to read whatever i also get a lot of people who are like where do you get the time to read these books? I don't have, I, I don't have any of the time you have to read books. And I'm like, bitch. You're That's deciding not, what to do with that same amount it of just, time. I like, mean, you unless, you're a, choice. unless you're like Mama Duggar with 19 <laughs> children running around, like, no. And then at that point, she, she made more time by having more kids to take care of the other kids. So like, She's creating time for herself. But like, I also feel like the key thing here is like, we all have to take responsibility for our own time. And we all choose to do different things in that time. So mm -hmm. acting like mm -hmm. someone else, someone else's life has more time or more whatever, it's, it, it's taking the blame off of your, or taking the responsibility off yourself in terms of like, well, if you want a time, if you want a life where you spend an hour every day reading, because that's the, first of all, that's the most, I, I don't really, I don't have like a chunk of four hours where I read every day. Like, I don't know what people are envisioning, but yeah, you want a life where you read a book every day for an hour, like put that in your life, you know? Well, yeah, my friend about that with the author, like taking the time to write, like she was always putting Oh, other like housework and her kids right. and housekeeping before writing her next book and it was like well obviously these are your priorities like if you want reading to be your priority you'd rather do the dishes than write your yeah, book <laughs> right well, and have you'd you ever rather run errands than write your book he kind of touched on this but when someone asks you to do when when someone says like oh do you work out and you just say like no i don't have time for that instead of saying that you're supposed to say like no i don't make that a priority yeah because it's true or i don't like, want to or i don't want to I, that, I say a, a lot of i don't want to do that yeah but like it applies to everything like can can you go to the movies with me on friday 
no, that's not a priority for me. Like, maybe that's or, not right now. No, I'd rather read my Instagram <laughs> for two hours. Yeah, I'd rather sit with my husband on the couch and watch shitty reality TV. Like, I'd rather share memes with Sean on Instagram. Yes, DMs. yes. <laughs> or, or, or share like the please, please hate these things type of shares where oh, it's yeah. like ugly houses with a piano over a stove or i'd rather watch desperate housewives (laughs) like whatever your thing is like you if you're making that choice like admit it to yourself and realize like you're making that different choice for whatever reason and that i guess that's okay for last night i made time to read yeah i love (laughs) i didn't plan on reading this i was like where am i gonna find the time to finish this and i'm like okay i'm not gonna watch tv tonight I'm going to read, Sean watched a scary TV show because I don't really watch scary shows. I don't like the anxiety of it and I don't like, I don't appreciate them. So Mm -hmm. that's like, he took the time to watch something that he couldn't watch with me and I sat and I read. And in the time it took him to watch that, I finished the two chapters. Like, I, I I had to make it a priority yeah like my friend tammy always talks about like she reads like you she reads like you do claire and she um says she when people always ask her how do you make time to read she's like well i put my pile of books that i want to read on the table next to the tv remote control so i can see when i'm making that choice yeah if i would rather check out and watch desperate housewives or whatever i'm grabbing the remote if i realize no i want to prioritize reading in my life, then I'm going to grab the book and you see the choice. Which Am is I... perfect. Like, and there's nothing wrong with either. No. I mean, that's, I think that's what the whole chapter is. We just have to take our own responsibility for all of our choices and where we choose to spend our time and the, the pace of our life that we set. That was a bit, that was a big one. Is that this similar to part? like, yeah. Is this like the time flies when you're having fun type of mentality of like when you're doing the things you want to do with the people you want to do them and they're important to you, like the time is there, you enjoy it so much more, but he's also applying it to work, which is like, you're going to get even more done in a shorter period of time. So it's going to be higher performing. Uh Uh-huh. But how do we get to that? It's the perception of the experience, I think, is really what he's talking about. So, like, for instance, this morning, I literally had to rush my daughter to my mom's, turn on her Zoom, get her logged in, take the dog to the dog person, finish this chapter, and I did that all in 45 minutes. Oh, and meditate. I wanted to meditate. Oh, my God. So... Me, like his, like his like explanation of that feeling of like high alert, focused, pushing forward, blood thumping. Like I- Like you could have saved a baby in a crosswalk or something if something happened. You could have been superhuman at that. You like, you're like him, you like that. I do, but it's oh. also totally detrimental. Like Sean's yes. experience when it backfired on me yesterday. Cause I was just, <laughs> we already talked about this, but I was like back to back and yeah. like ended up really fucking something up. So. Um, it's like a high wire act that like sometimes I pull it off and it feels great, but a lot of times it's not and it can like affect other people. And I'm realizing I have this persona of partly I'm, I thrive off of the feeling and it's become a persona of mine that is not good. So this morning, that hour, I tried it. I tried the, um, 
not like, oh, you only have 10 minutes left. Oh, you got to hurry. Oh, you got to do this first. Oh, you're out of time. You're out of time. You're out of time. So I gave myself the, the last 30 minutes. You have time to meditate. You have time to put some food in your body and you have time to sit down quietly at your computer. You are the source of time. You make the time. I was telling myself that and I felt pretty good and I did so, get it. I did it. I meditated. I mean, you're here. We like, I pushed record. I mean, I know when I would, there was a part where he was talking about, it was very a Rebecca paragraph where For he's sure. talking about the hurry, the feeling of being in a hurry, the surge of awareness. Um, it's very heightened. creative ferment, like chaotic energy, the feeling of having a bunch of interesting things to find out and questions and answers and not figuring them out yet, but being passionate about it. And then it's saying like, that's when I feel most alive. That's what I, I wrote that down. I love the slightly chaotic inner feeling. That's, that's when I feel I most read alive. that and I was like, that's Rebecca. Ugh. Like, that's that, how you enjoy things. And I don't. I've Me taken too, it too I, far though. I've gone like too far into it. Like I used to ne- kind of be a time cop. I used to never be late. And I was thinking about how now I've like given myself permission to run 10 minutes behind to everything that I do. And oh my God, I could never. Do you find that you're mostly on time for stuff because you have given yourself permission to be behind if you need to be? No, or? you must, you probably run late because you give yourself permission. I run late, but I don't love it because I don't like when other people do that to me. So I'm harried. Like, I feel like my persona yeah. is this harried, frazzled person, like a Kathy cartoon. But also lately, too, because of like, you know, distance learning. And- I know. It is like, it, it's true, but I'm also still trying to fit 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. That's like my number one problem. So I think I just don't want to be those type A people who are like he talked about, like they're so busy racing time that it affects their heart. Did you read about oh, I know my the health part of it? Kind yeah. of, but that's legit. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't want that for you, where I don't think it's necessarily type A, but it's that atmosphere of like constantly racing is going to ultimately impact your health. The biggest yeah, thing- That adrenaline level maybe is always so right. Maybe adrenaline's the wrong word, but that that energy level is always kind of an overdrive. No, I, cra- like, I crash yeah. at you the crash. end of the day hard. So That's an oh, then, getting sick afterwards, like getting unwell after something. The biggest thing that I want to be aware of is how I talk to my daughter about time. Like that was, mm. and I was just thinking about I talk to her all the time about not having time. We're going to be late. Hurry up, get dressed. And it's because I'm like putting her into this compacted schedule where I don't get her ready with enough time for her to be leisurely about it. And, or like his thing is when you tell your kid, I don't have time to play catch, but if he's bleeding, like, you do have time to stop the blood because you, you want to do it. So when I, I talk, I don't want to play my little ponies right now. I'm not going to tell her that, but I need yeah, to yeah, find yeah. a new solution for, I don't I have need time to, to do Like it. I need to work on this or I need to finish this and then I can do that. Or when I worked in like in a, I worked in learning and development in, in banking for several years as a development, learning and development consultant. 
And we spend a lot of time looking at adult learning and how adults respond to things. And something that we talked about in like workshops, courses, coaching, and things like that was around time. And it clicked when reading this. And probably for you, Rebecca, it comes in as like, it's not, instead of saying like, we have, we have to leave in 15 minutes to do this, or you have, we're going to be late to get to daycare or school or whatever it is. It's, we have it like in the classroom environment, it was, we're, we're taking 10 more minutes to finish this task and then we're moving on. It was, it's not, we're out of time or there's only 10 minutes left or there's, it was, we're only, we're spending 10 more minutes on this and then we're going to move on to something else. And then like for Cecily, it's maybe it is, I don't think it's as easy with, you know, a kindergartner or that like age group, but it's the, we're going to spend 10 more minutes getting ready and then we're leaving. Like, yeah. and it's just happening. Like, but, and all parents know that that like trying to get out of the house it's like awful. trying to establish urgency in children that don't comprehend urgency. It's basically pointless. Like, well, cause is school a like, priority? No. Get your shoes. Like we can't, it's not fair to do that to children. They just don't understand it. And the concept of time makes no sense. And to we become yeah. the boy who cries wolf where it's like, okay, you're constantly saying that now I tune you out because yeah. you say that every freaking and then, time. And then when I'm late, happens. does anything bad happen? Nothing. Yeah. And not so we, so our mornings, we, our kids are younger than Cecily. So they don't have a time when they have to be at school. And unless I have a meeting, I don't have a time where I have to start working. I mean, I would like to have a time, but I don't. And so I have said to Matt, I'm like, I'm not going to create this false sense of that they have to be at school right now and create a stressful moment in our house when they don't have to be, when that's so pointless. Like what? So I can get 10 or 15 more minutes of working. Like that just, to me, like, I like, I really, I, I liked this chapter because I really do like to enjoy my life. That's something, even the little moments, my mornings with my kids, my other stuff, I want to try to set us all up for success in the best way possible. So uh, I never hurry anywhere. Like that's not in my MO at all. Even though I'm a highly anxious person, my anxiety makes me so early for everything. I'm never hurrying anywhere. I'm always, <laughs> I'm literally always 15, 30 minutes early. Like I'm the one who's sitting in front of a client's house early. Um, even my so client lives a three minute drive away from me. I still can't, I still leave 15 minutes early. Um, so, so you're a time what, cop or a time slacker? You're a time I'm, cop basically. I'm a, I mean, I'm a time, no, I'm a definitely a time cop versus slacker, but just because I don't like that feeling of hurrying, that makes mm -hmm. me too crazy. I like to stay like, if, I think cause I have anxiety. It it's feels like anxiety. Balance the anxiety. It's like I need to just be like, this is my schedule. I know when I over schedule myself and I feel like I'm running from one thing to the next, that's when I don't feel good. I don't like right. that. Well, and um, I don't come up with great ideas during that period. Like I can get see, through a meeting I that do. I was late for, like, but I don't. I totally. It just doesn't do. set me up right, I guess, you know? Do, now, Rebecca, do you think that you could come up, imagine this? in relief of the pressure and the anxiety and like the negative effects of being on rush timelines, do you think you could do, imagine what you could do that's even more creative or bigger or more fulfilling if you weren't restricted? 
I have. I don't know. I. I, I like timelines make you motivated to finish things, but what if well, it wasn't the deadline that motivated you? Yeah, and I've read. So I, I'm like not diagnosed at all, but I've read a lot about ADD or ADHD. I don't have the H part, but I have some um, things like that are marks. <laughs> I do. Like I'd be high functioning ADD if I, I, which is what I think I am, but I, um, a sense of urgency brings focus to people with ADD. So at the heightened, that heightened feeling helps our brains focus. I'm going to own it, but, um, but you can't maintain that all the time. Like he's saying in Einstein time, you could do that. Like all, you could do it all day in Einstein time, but for you, you couldn't sustain that all. But I also don't know if I could come up with a lot of brilliant ideas if I just had this un- freeform continuum. Yeah. I I did. It was a little woo woo, and I even wrote down. I said, "Am I not enlightened enough for this?" Because chapter six was like, "I it, this is just a freeform continuum," which was getting a little bit into like the science of it and I was like I I I I was trying to separate the philosophical portion from the science of what he's saying of like Newtonian versus Einstein time that you like expand into things Mm -hmm. in in Einstein's timing versus Newtonian where it's limited and I think for Rebecca, you you're thriving in Newtonian time, which is it's limited. You have to get this idea done. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I would. There's definitely. <laughs> I would just. That's why I'm saying. I would imagine. Like, what are you going to create? What can you do if that wasn't need, how you had to be motivated? Balance. I need to have the built-in yeah. breaks. I'm not building those in enough, um, yeah. so that I can like find ways to create urgency that isn't impacting my health or other people. Like that's right. the main thing. Um, I I will say I wrap ideas up very quickly when I have a presentation in an hour. Like, oh yeah. God. Um, well, I <laughs> I think Sean, to your point Speaking about the two which, different time, yeah, is that it's basically what he's saying is like we cannot let time being a be a limiting factor to our success. That we can achieve great things, and if you're using time as an excuse, it's bullshit. That's that's yes. kind of what I'm taking. Then. Time is not I, a limiting factor. Well, I think it is hard for our brains to to wrap around. Um, but I think what he's saying is that and we do create time. So if you, like in the 15 minutes before we got on this call, I did manage to do a 10-minute meditation and eat and not feel rushed because I quietly let myself expand into that time it wasn't a clock it was me slowing down and letting the time expand it's weird to like think you weren't about. watching them tick by slowly you were like i'm driving right now and i'm gonna take cecily and it wasn't about the minutes that were passing during that it was about what you were getting done it's how i was experiencing that time so it's like what he was saying, like if you're watching a pot boil, like it takes forever versus you're doing something fun with friends, it goes fast. Like um, it's how you're experiencing that time of what 
you feel during that I know it's weird and hard it's like I barely have like a grasp on it but and I feel like I'm missing that aha like he I mean he just it was practically like a it's it was like an epiphany for him on a mountaintop and whatever. Oh and it was God, just like, I, I, <sighs> I have trouble with woo woo stuff anyway. That's just not my, that's not, I, I don't want to say that's not me, but it's just not something I'm normally connected to. So this chapter got a little woo woo. And I was like, okay, he's trying to describe the philosophy, but we got all the way to the end. And I was like, okay, so I'm the producer of time. I'm the master of time. And I just, I'm not into, I, I like, don't feel like I have experienced what you're describing, Rebecca. Like, I, not to say I couldn't get there. I'm just like. So I, I think that's think what he's it. saying is to just go on a time diet, be very aware of how much you are allowing your day to be controlled by this external clock. Not meaning you blow off appointments or don't use a calendar. But, the, but I like, did like that. No time feeling. It's like the feeling. Oh my God, I have 15 minutes to do this. I have 10 minutes to do, oh, I have that. And I definitely don't, like, I think we all need some sort of like, not time management, but some type of remind, like I use my calendar more as a reminder system of like, I don't want to forget about all this stuff. Like if I said I'm going to be somewhere, I want to be somewhere. And can it be on my calendar so I can remember to, to be there for it? But it's not like, I have to fill the, you know, whole work day with slots of time. Like, I don't like filling in 10 minutes for this, 15 oh, for know. this. Don't like, I don't, do I have a huge planner, but it's mostly for me to take notes in. It's not, I don't really have like a hefty calendar and I have a time tracking sheet, but that's so I can track billing. Like, it's not like I've got 15 minutes for CAD res- like revisions. Like, no, it's just that it's so I can document when I started and when I ended but it doesn't dictate my day. I just fill it in as I go. I think it's like, I I mean, I know I'm like the extremist with my time addiction or busy addiction, but I'm going to try to start telling myself things like, oh, you have 15 minutes. Let's see what can happen. What can we do? Yeah. Or maybe like a positive, like, oh, you have 15 minutes. That's a lot. What can I do in this 15 minutes that's going to serve me the best? Is it doing Medita- 15-minute meditation? Is it picking up a book? Cleaning the kitchen so you feel better when the kids come in at night? Doing is an it- Instagram post? Yeah. Or just not filling it. Like, I'm just going to quietly just like sit and reset my brain. Yeah. I wrote down a quote when he talked about, when he said stress, and this is not necessarily about time, but he said stress and conflict are caused by resisting acceptance and ownership. And I totally related to that when I think about when I have conflict with friends or family or my husband, and it's it's always driven by, people can say they're sorry, but still not actually like accept. You know, it's like when people say, I'm sorry you feel that way, instead of, I'm sorry I, I'm sorry I did that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry I did something that made you feel that way. It's, I'm sorry you felt that way. And I'm just like, that's not taking ownership. Like mm-hmm. going back to the earlier chapters where he said, everybody needs to accept their part of something. Like it's a hundred percent of each person. And that just stuck out to me about in conflict that, that idea of we all need to accept and own 
whatever role we had with like if it's in time it's saying well i chose to do something else that then rushed me to that meeting but it's not that i was rushed to a meeting that caused the problem like i made a choice to do something different and i i prioritized something else and if you're okay with that you can reach a level of peace with it of like you know what i'm glad i got a 10 minute meditation yeah. in even if I skipped something else, I picked another priority for myself and it's okay to change that. You don't have to create conflict like where you don't have enough time to get stuff done or you're frustrated. Yeah, so if living you just through a global pandemic, like beating yourself up about it. Yeah. I, yeah, it's trippy. I mean, I'm excited to try the time diet to bring more awareness for what like the conversation is in my head and what I say to people. I hate busy, like I'm so busy. Eh. Like I don't so like that. Yes. Oh my God. It's been so crazy. It's been so crazy. I'm sorry. I haven't gotten back to you in three weeks. It's been so crazy. No, I've been girl. Really I'm really trying not, a, not to I'm do just that. I'm not a priority. But for, I know like, I'm saying it to myself. Like I well, try I not to do it people, externally, but I used to say this when um, Obama was president, I was like, you don't think like Obama had time to text back his wife today or mm, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like if the president can make time to sit with his, you he know. He has the weight of the free world on his shoulders, but still managed to, yeah. Well, it's read. not time. You he don't read. want to. He also reads lots of books, just saying. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 And I think that's part of where we do have to say to ourselves, like, that's okay. It wasn't a priority. Like, I don't want to shade people, but also I do for, the, I mean, in gay culture, if you aren't shading your friends, you're not part of the club. Like a lot of gay men very will read each other to death and like kind of, it's not catty. It's meant just as like, I'm telling you the truth and it's kind of funny, but I'm trying to make sure you recognize that it's an issue. So I have right. a friend who's a real, always busy person, always rushing around. Take like, I, you ask him to RSVP for something, he, he will not RSVP or he'll be the day before, I'm going to be there. And you're like, oh, thanks, girl. Like, where have you been? And he's just like, oh, it's just been so busy. I'm like, that's okay. This wasn't a priority for you. And he's like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, but that's what you did. Like this- But that's what it is, yeah. Replying back to me wasn't a priority. You, in three weeks, had plenty of time that you could have said, I'll be there and push send. Like, yeah. you, I don't believe that for any minute that you literally didn't have that time. And I think it's okay to let ourselves off the hook to say- like he could just as easily say, in the free time I had, this just wasn't the thing. Like I just, this was not what I chose to make important during that time. Sorry, it added stress. Or I'm prioritizing my work like, right now. And like, I'm not like really yeah, having a lot I'm of I'm not really going, time. yeah, I'm not going to events or it's not really a priority mm -hmm. or I don't, I'm not planning anything until really close up because I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. That's fair too. Yeah. But say that yeah. stuff instead of saying, oh, it's just been so crazy. I've had no time to. Agreed. I hate that. I, yeah, Claire. So I think like if people, and that's annoying that people are trying to like shade <laughs> you for things that you're doing to like enjoy your life and learn. But don't, you know, I, I always hear from people like, how do you have all the time to do all this? Because I'm involved in like multiple things. I'm like, I'm not like. I want to do them. Well, well, and you like made choices so that you could leave time for yourself while you're raising children. Like that's my right, thing right. too. Like I'm not going to put my life on hold for 20 years. 
How but many like, of these I would... people are working like what hundred hour weeks? No. Right. Well, it's it like I don't want to wake up in twenty years and realize I have nothing to show for it. So yeah. I am like balancing that with having childcare, so I can still keep my interests in my business because it's important to me. Right. It's so funny because I don't even think in 20 years, I, a lot of my living is like, what do I want to spend my day-to-day doing? Like how, and yeah. how am I going to enjoy my day-to-day life? And a, so a lot of that is working. And a yeah, lot of it is It's not making giving. lunches and it's not, like to me, it's not cleaning the house and making lunches and doing laundry. Like it's fucking not. You're on, it's not you want to be on your, is. you want to be on your deathbed and you're like, well, at least I made Cecily lunch every day. Yeah. <laughs> like what? That's Ooh. the thing you want to like leave your legacy of, she always had a nutritious meal. <laughs> like, I so don't So I would tell Claire, if people were like shading me about how much I read, oh yeah, well, I just prioritize reading and learning in my life. Well, but because yeah, I, one hour people a day. get really defensive about it because it's like, oh, she has two young kids, has a business, a podcast, volunteers, and she can read. Then they think, oh, they, it's like a mirror onto their life. And so they get defensive. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, yeah. I married a husband who helps with the house and I chose to have a partner that was going to be 50-50. So I'm not bearing the brunt of all well, of the other funny. shit. Like, I'm not it's, doing that. It's funny. The husband thing is a is a big one because a, a couple people who have said it to me don't have as active husbands and partners in their house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a big that, part of it. honestly, that was, yeah. that is something for me. Like I, I need someone who's sharing the, the weight of all of this, yeah. you know, or there's no way I could do other stuff. Well, and you made that choice intentionally. Right. <laughs> like you knew that, that you would not be wanting to be the one picking up shit off the floor all day. Like, Right. I mean, that's a a huge part of it. Like, I don't know. I have family who are like, I have members of my family, my brother, one of them, bro, you're never going to listen to this. So I don't feel bad (laughs) saying it, but he's the one who's like, I don't even have time to go to the bathroom half the time. And I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, no. Like, he's just like running around with a 17 year old and a four year old and, and like a job and they're both essential workers. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm not here for that. I don't, and he's just like, well, that's just how it is for me. And I'm like, it's not, I'm, and then he like sees me as like, I'm like the hippie, I'm the hippie twin basically out of the two of us. Like I'm the one who like, (laughs) well, it's so great. You can have this bohemian lifestyle. And I'm like, bohemian, like I have a mortgage. Like I have loans and like a business that I'm running. I am obligated to things that I've chosen to be obligated to. I'm not running a love commune somewhere like I have have an actual life too but some people who are victims of time can't imagine anyone else living differently from that that they can't imagine how you do it because they themselves cannot see a life without that so that's he made those choices right and so did you and and that's even like when people complain about having children Look, being a parent is fucking hard. It's a lot of work. I think we kind of all knew that when we signed up for it. And so hopefully I have, uh, I'm not going to name her name. She's probably not listening, but uh, she, I have this one friend who doesn't have children and, and then we have a mutual friend who always complains about how hard having kids is. First of all, like your single friends are not those friends that you should complain to about, about that. And my single friend always says to me, 
Claire, I don't get it. Like she made those choices. Like what? I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that when she says, you know, I don't know. I, well, I think not just like complaining to complain, like don't complain yeah. or make some changes. Like, right. Yeah, I know. And like, Sean, like you're make, like you've made your choices and designed your life in the way that you want to have your time prioritized. Yes. I made a choice mostly not to have a second child because I knew I could handle this one and make this work with what the resources that I have, but adding more was just going to be a tipping point for us. So, and it's like every person's choice is different. That's kind of why we've decided not to have three, because if there was, if if we had more money right now, I I think I'd probably have a third child, Mm -hmm. but we all know more problems. Yeah. It's not too late. Maybe just not I during like Corona my life times. Right now. I like you need life. an you need an au pair or something to. I know. <laughs> but that's like the the big the the takeaways that I got from a lot of this were like not so much the time piece because I think the time can come with like he's saying when you're working in your zone of genius the time will find you can make that time appear it will come to you as you're spending it's not something happening to you it's something that you are creating so whether it's like you're creating the source of time or you're creating a life and a lifestyle that builds stress or leaves room like you're you're in charge of it I also think, and it's kind of weird he didn't mention it unless I missed it. Because um, I, I know we talked about the no in chapter five, but I think once you're more in your zone of genius and you're saying no to everything that's not in your zone of genius, you are going to have more time for right. your zone of genius, just naturally, right? Right, because you're creating more energy and that will there's space. More, more time and space, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad we did it. We'll be back in two weeks to see if it's all sunk in. Okay, so can we all challenge each other? The the time thing is, I'm not like a big offender of it, but I I think with my kids, like you, Rebecca, I think I use the time excuse. Mm -hmm. Um, So can we all take the time diet challenge for the next two weeks and see how it goes? I'm totally going to do it. No no more complaining about time. I'm also going to build more time or more padding into my calendar. I'm doing it for Sean. It's a good idea. I want to see if you enjoy it. Thank you. Awesome. It's out of control. Okay. We'll see you soon. Two weeks, guys. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. 